And hello again, dear ones, Reverend Robert with you here on a Friday night. It's five o'clock on the Mountain Time Zone, and that means it is time for the good news. A part of our good news programming here on New Thought Media Network. Thank you so much for being with us here. I do trust you're having a great holiday weekend if you're living in uh, the United States and it's Thanksgiving weekend. We hope you're having a great weekend. And we're here tonight to share with you some of the good news stories that I have found that remind me we really are creating a world that works better for everyone. And we get most of our stories here on the good news over at goodnewsnetwork.org. Please stop over on their website. Give them the love and appreciation they so richly deserve. They do a great job of putting together good news stories so we can find them and share them with you. Let's kick us off on the right foot for a holiday weekend. All right. First up today, out of Austin, Texas, a 3D printed neighborhood. We're talking about 100 houses. Now, the project's not actually in production right now, but all everything's in place. And it's all going to start early next year. They're saying around February or so. Uh, we're talking two to three bedroom homes and over and 100 homes all being printed simultaneously. Yes, 3D printed homes. Now, we've talked about this before on this program. Uh, this is a partnership between Lenar Home Builders and Icon 3D Printers. It's going to be called the Genesis Collection. You'll be able to take uh, to sign up and buy a reservation next, excuse me, early next year sometime. Uh, and the idea is that they're going to print all of these all at the same time, that they're going to have 100 cement 3D printers machines Rigs, I don't know what we're going to call them yet. Um, they're all going to be set up and they're going to all start production at pretty much the same time and they'll keep. So it's not like they got to do one and then do another and then do another. It's a really cool looking process. Uh, now, a floor plan is loaded into the build OS, the building operating system on a computer, and then layer upon layer of cement is squeezed out. Kind of like toothpaste. There's some good videos on the internet uh, on how these work, and there's a better video of this whole project and uh, and how it's happening. This could be really game changing, folks. This is big news, really. Uh, if we start 3D printing homes made out of cement, well, then we don't need to do uh, stick and lumber, uh, stick lumber, and less insulation, <laughs> and it's stronger. Good news coming out of the home industry. We're going to keep following that story as we go. Now, on a little bit more even organic of a story, uh, organics, excuse me, organic of a story, uh, new reports around the global mangrove population. Now, you may be saying, okay, what's so important about mangroves? Uh, mangroves are incredibly important to our ecological health as a planet. And according to a 2022 survey, uh, globally today, 42% of mangrove forests are under some level of protection. Uh, that means that they're not going anywhere. This is really big news for, and especially for uh, coastal regions, which 
is where mangroves are, are, do their best. Uh, the, aim, the report aims to present a clear and simple cost-benefit analysis to policymakers to show that there are three key issues that face coast, coastal populations, a mission of halt loss, restore half, and double protection is the most effective and achievable strategy available. So it comes down to the economics of it, folks. It's financially a good idea for us to protect the mangroves and allow the mangroves to protect our coastal uh, regions of the planet on, on various continents. And therefore the mangroves protects the finances of it all. Halt the loss, restore half of what has been lost, and then protect twice as much as we are right now. I like that idea and it works. The state of the mangrove 2020, uh, the state of the mangrove uh, report 2022 estimates that coastal communities near mangroves around the world enjoy product, uh, protections of property and real estate uh, equal to around $65 billion through the protection from storms and waves. This is why mangroves are so incredibly important. Good news for the mangroves and for coastal communities. Hey, next up here is a really interesting wee story we found, and one of our uh, one of a couple of stories tonight around Oregon. So the folks you're looking at here on the screen, uh, this is Oregon Governor Kate Brown. Uh, she announced that she will be issuing forty five thousand people pardons for that have been convicted of felony, felony cannabis possession in the state of Oregon. This also wipes out about $15 million in criminal charges. And the state will begin working to seal all possession charge records to ensure that whoever has been convicted won't face economic or employment impediments or hurdles. Now, it has been since several years since Oregon uh, decriminalized simple possession of cannabis. This is a great step for Oregon uh, to get these folks out of jail, really get them off the state ledgers. And I know Colorado did this a while back, and it's been a great success. No one deserves to be forever saddled with the impacts of a conviction for simple possession of marijuana, a crime that is no longer on the books in Oregon, said Governor Brown in a press release. Or she continued, Oregonians should never face housing insecurity, unemployment, employment barriers, and educational obstacles as a result of doing something that is now completely legal in our state and has been for years. Kudos to Oregon and governor brown for taking this step that's the good news folks we you know each and every week we look at these various stories that remind us how things are doing how we're doing better as a culture as a people as a community and we get again most of our stories from thegoodnews.org however this next story comes from another source that we use a lot sunnyskies.com Com. That's sunnyskies.com. They have a great good news division. And uh, I found this story because, okay, I'm vacationing. This is not my normal set. And I'm vacationing in Utah. And this is a, a story. The man you're seeing on the screen there, that's Shane Adams. Uh, Shane is, uh, is a resident of Utah. And the, the horse he's got there is named Mongo. 
So those that know me, we've got Utah and Mongo in the same story. This goes a long way. Uh, not long ago, Shane went through a divorce, lost his home, and suffered a ma major brain injury due to a life-threatening car crash. Uh, this has all been happening over th the last few years after he had what he thought lost Mongo. He and Mongo went camping quite a while back, and uh, Mongo got lost in the night. Shane has spent the last few years, uh, since 2017 actually, uh, looking for Mongo, alerting uh, the Bureau of Land Management in the state of Utah, putting up flyers, all kinds of work. Well, this past September, Shane got that call. He got that message. He got a request from a, uh, he got a Facebook message request, actually. They reached out to him on Facebook uh, from a BLM employee that said they had uh, found Mongo running wild with the wild horses of Utah. I'm not far from where there are wild horses here in Utah. Uh, this story really warmed my heart, made me think, hey, maybe tomorrow we'll go out and look at the wild horses. A ranger for the BLM noticed that this horse, that Mungo, was much larger and appeared to be much more domesticated. Uh, and when they approached Mungo, and uh, he was definitely, that's, they knew what was up. So good news stories coming out of every part of our country, folks. We're going to take a quick break here on the Good News Network. Uh, let us say, uh, let me wet my whistle and let uh, us take a quick breath. We'll be back with more good news in just a moment, though. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here on the Good News Network. change when you change the way you look at things the things you look at change when you change the way you look at things the things you look at change when you change the way you look at things the things you look at change when you change the way you look at things the things you look at change And we're back with more of the good news here on the New Thought Media Network. I'm Rev. Robert. It's a Friday night here on the Mountain Time Zone. Well, it's a Friday night on most time zones, uh, unless you're like over in England and then it's already Saturday morning on the <laughs> All right, I'm not going there. <laughs> Folks, our next story tonight, uh, we've got good news happening all over the planet. And in this story, it's happening uh in the uh tribe um sorry in california 
Now, I heard about this story a long time ago, and what you're looking at is one of four dams that's uh, part of a water uh, preservation system and a water generation system uh, that's been keeping wild salmon from reaching native habitat for a long, long time. And it's been over 20 years that advocates have been working to have this dam and three others removed from the Klamath River in California. And well, uh, this is now gonna happen. Last Thursday, the Federal Energy Regulation Committee approved a license to allow the Klamath River Renewal Corporation to decommission and remove the four dams and implement related restoration activities. This is going to open up hundreds of miles of historical habitat uh, for salmon. It, the overall project has degraded the water quality. It's uh, fostered a spread of fish disease. Scientific studies and dam removal efforts in other watersheds have demonstrated that removing dams can reverse these trends. Demolition work is expected to begin next year, promising not only the return to ancestral ways of life, for the various tribes of the Klamath River, but a robust increase in commercial salmon fishing as other uh, avenue, as other feeding grounds and spawning grounds of, of commercial fishing for salmon are, uh, are, 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 well, I can't get around, it's not saying dry enough. Uh, <laughs> here's one where we're able to uh, really do good work for the fish. It's not all just about the fishing. Uh, the demolition is slated to be finished by the end of 2024. It, they will be using funds by Pacific Corp, uh, Berkshire Hathaway Energy Subsidiary Committee uh, that manages the dams and the California bond measures. So the people that actually own the dams are involved in taking them down as well. Good news stories for the salmon and for natural preservation. Hey, here's a cool story I found. Now, there's an old saying that says the best time to plant a tree is 30 years ago. The second best time to plant that tree is today. Well, it turns out that planting trees 30 years ago has a lot more benefit to it than planting trees today. We're going back to Oregon with this one, folks. Uh, research has shown that 30 years after a mass tree planting event in Oregon, researchers have shown that those who live near them are at a lower risk of death from cardiovascular disease, as well as other non-accidental deaths. So other than running straight into the tree with your car, living near trees is good for you. The study took advantage of a unique opportunity, namely that the nonprofit Friends of Trees planted nearly 50,000 street trees in Portland and kept detailed records of when and where they were planted. The research team made up of scientists from the Barcelona Institute for Global Health and the United States Department of Agriculture looked at the number of trees planted between per census tract, and that's uh, blocks of 4,000 inhabitants, in five, 10, and 15 year increments and compared them with the mortality data provided by the Oregon Health Authority. Lots of science here, folks. Head on over to the goodnewsnetwork.org and you can learn even a little bit more about all the numbers and what all this means. Uh, the point being, go plant a tree. Now is the time. And if today isn't the day, 
Well then, no, make today the day. Let's we got to get out plant some more trees, folks. That's all it really comes down to. Hey, here's another great, interesting story I found. Mushrooms. Now, we're learning a lot about mushrooms, not just the medicinal effects of psychedelic mushrooms, not just the edible ability, the ability to, to uh, ingest and eat other types of mushrooms, but mushrooms are showing up in all kinds of places in the future of our industry. I'm thinking of mushroom packaging, which we've reported upon on this program before as well, as well as other forms of mushroom taking place of styrofoam and other things of insulation needs. Well, this type of mushroom, which is uh, unique and particular to uh, rotting wood in European mountains, what happens as this mushroom creates, uh, reaches maturity, it creates a fibrous skin. The skin is designed to protect its own substrata, the wood in this case. And however, if you peel that skin, it can protect microchips. Yeah, like the ones that are in your phone, in your refrigerator, in your alarm clock, and tons of them everywhere, right? We hear about microchips everywhere. Well, what happens with microchips is they create heat. And so the microchips need to be insulated so that that heat doesn't uh, move into other parts of the, the event. Peeling the skin off the mushrooms can protect chips from heat up to 390 degrees Fahrenheit. That's 200 degrees Celsius, and that's more than enough to provide an industrial use. Once dried out, scientists are working on a project uh, from the University of Australia. They found out that it is not only heat resistant, uh, but this film is now is uh, resistant to bending, to breaking, to tearing, to wearing down. It'll last for years, and it can withstand being bent and folded thousands of times. No wear, no tear. The particular style, the species of fungus is the Ganoderma lucidum. I practiced that a lot earlier, folks. Uh, and it, again, it grows on dead wood in European mountains. Interesting stuff that we could learn here. There's more published in, the author published a paper in uh, Science Advances is the journal. And the authors say the vast number of devices produced by every day, every day along with the decrease of their lifetime inevitably results in generation of enormous amount of electronic waste. Circular economy and recycling concepts alone cannot solve the growing waste crisis. Electronic waste and re especially electronic material research thus must shift its focus from strictly highly functional context concepts to sustainable cost-effective approaches. It's a big way of saying we got to get more recyclable within our electronics. What better way to do that than to use organic material like mushrooms, which would eventually turn back into soil and decompose back into the into planet Earth. I love what we're hearing and where science has taken us here, folks. This is good stuff here on the New Thought Media Network. Hey, we're going to take another quick break and let our sponsors and some of our organizational donors say hello and thank you to them as well. And uh, we'll be back in just another moment with another segment. More good news coming your way real soon. Don't go away. Stay with us. <laughs> 
Thank you, Center for Spiritual Living Denver for your continued support. Thank you Center for Spiritual Living Midtown Atlanta for your monthly contribution. Thank you Center for Spiritual Living North Jersey for your monthly contribution. And please help us welcome OM Center for Spiritual Living in La Mesa, California. Thank you for your monthly donation. Thank you Center for Spiritual Living Seattle for your most generous donation. And a special thanks to Hefferlin Foundation for your generous technology grant. And Suze Ajit, thank you for your very generous donation. And a super special thank you to Dr. Tracy Brown, RSCP. Thanks for being a super donor. And a big shout out to all our committed donors. with more of the good news here on the New Thought Media Network Friday evening. Thank you for being with us and thank you to all of our organizational sponsors and individual contributors. It is your dedication to this network and what we're doing here that makes it all possible. It is your contributions. We say thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Hey, please do remember, like, share, and subscribe. Let your friends know what we're doing. Check out the, de- the notes of, of this program where you'll find more information on our, our sources and how to stay in touch with the Thought Media Network. All right, next up, I'd like to introduce you to Jaswant and his friend Peter. Now, Jaswant and Peter did something really interesting recently. Uh, they defied the odds by 17 million to one. Exactly. Here's what happened. The golfers had been playing golf together for 15 years and they got together for one of their regular matches on a Friday afternoon. Uh, it was Jaswan who teed up on the hundred on the 145 yard par three hole number five. He used a nine wood. Hit the ball, and yeah, sure enough, it's uh, you can see the green. It, Drops onto the green, trickles into the hole, and in it goes. Now he, they all start uh, celebrating, and and, uh, and then it's John's turn. John stepped up to the tee and did the exact same thing. Hit a nine wood, 145 yards, hole in one. It's the first hole in one for both of these gentlemen, and uh, they again they've been playing together for 15 years. Oh my gosh, tell me there's not some divine providence going on. They're friends for life, great friends forever. What an amazing story. You know, folks, I, I, I do it all the time. I cannot begin to fathom the, ama- the awesomeness of possibility. 17 million to one. 
17, that's the odds. They sat down and figured it all out. 17 million to one that you would have two golfers hit the same shot in and a hole in one on the same hole. Many golfers go their entire lifetime without ever hitting a hole in one. Congratulations, gentlemen. That's good news stories if I ever heard one. Now, this third segment of our show, we generally reserve for uh, people doing good, not just having fun and getting lucky, but really doing well. And our next story is exactly that. Best friends, Joanne McQueen and Marlisa Mercer, are pictured here with the owner and CEO of the cat shelter, the comfy cat shelter. And here's what happened. Uh, the two ladies, Joanne and Marlissa, went together and bought a lottery ticket. Now that happens a lot. However, this time, the lottery ticket hit for a million dollars. And so the ladies have decided uh, that they've started identifying uh, charities in their hometown of Orillia, Canada. That's in uh, the Ontario province. And they started writing fat checks to the nonprofits that they thought were doing good. Again, the Comfy Cat Shelter uh, received one of these donations. Sharing Place Food Center received another. The Salvation Army, Royal, Royal Canadian Legion Poppy Campaign, uh, Mariposa House Hospice. They chose a number of good, uh, good organizations in their area and donated the money back out into their community. Congratulations, ladies. Thank you so much. This is good news. This is the way it's supposed to be, folks. A sharing of resources. Good for you. Hey, here's another great story that just warmed my heart. Let me introduce you to Aminia and Sophie Louise. Sophie Louise and her, her mother had a long-standing tradition of sharing the good. And Sophie Louise is turning is sharing that with her daughter Aminia, and each week they go out and do their gro weekly grocery shopping. And during that time, they pick up a little something, and Aminia is allowed to give that to anybody she wants for any reason she wants. Let's call it a spontaneous act of giving. Let's call it a great way to cheer somebody's to cheer up somebody. Let's call it an example of what we can be doing as individuals. Think about it, folks. How hard is it to pick up one little thing and do one random act of kindness a week? To share something with someone. To do what makes you feel good about giving and sharing. Not to concern ourselves with how the recipient may or may not use our gift but to share who we are and to share from our resources and to share our love. Congratulations, ladies. Doing good work in the world. You are honored. Kudos to you. And our final story this evening, before we wrap this all up, I want to introduce you to, uh, again, we're coming back to Utah. This is Dane Ensi. Dane and his wife were returning from a weekend getaway celebrating their anniversary, and they were crossing the Johns Hole Bridge in Idaho, Idaho Falls, Idaho. Now, interestingly enough, this is the spot where they celebrated their first date. And what they came upon, so they stopped on the bridge, 
looked over the side, and what did they see but a woman driving her car down the boat ramp into the river? Water temperature, air temperatures are at around, uh, hovering just below 20 degrees at the time. Dane's wife called 911. He jumped over a barbed wire fence, ran down to the boat ramp, and launched himself into the icy river. The woman was yelling at him to leave, him, leave her alone as she wanted to commit suicide. But Dane wouldn't have it, wouldn't hear and wouldn't let it happen. By the time he got to the woman, he said that she was weak and unable to resist. He pulled her back to safety. EMTs uh, were then on the scene, and both she she was taken to a hospital. John was treated and released at the scene. Or Dane, excuse me, was treated and released at the scene. Dane told her, I don't know who you are, but I'm here, and I love you, and I'm going to help you. And that, folks, is my suggestion and my invitation for the week. I don't know who you are, but I'm going to love you, and I'm going to help you. And I invite you to take that as a part of who you are moving forward in the world. I may not know you, but I'm going to love you, and I'm going to help you. That's the good news for this week, folks. I'm Robert, Robert Brzezinski, creative director, spiritual director of the New Thought Media Network. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for being a part of what we do. Please like, share, and subscribe, and stay tuned. Coming up in just a half an hour. It's Reverend Michael Mangus, Mangus with the Fireside Chat at 6 p.m. Mountain. Stay with us for that. I'm out of here for now. Until next time, I wish you peace and richest blessings. Bye now.